Hello and welcome to Tailoring It podcast number 24. Books and ebooks. That's what we're going to be talking about in today's podcast. Now then, if you discard all the guff that you see in most bookshops nowadays, so all the stuff that isn't really a book, uh, stationery and, and, and gift cards and everything else and sweets and chocolates, if you discard all of that and you go into a bookstore, then in my opinion, a book is, is fairly limited uh, and it's fairly traditional and it's fairly standard in terms of, of what it is and what it does. You've got hardback books, paperback books, magazines and newspapers and I know that you could then talk about pop-up books and other things like that but generally in my opinion a book falls somewhere within that spectrum and the, the common sort of the, the common denominator amongst them all is paper and ink and obviously the quality of that paper the quality of the ink the weight of that paper all add to the experience and all add to the quality um, of the book but essentially it's, it's a fairly simple tool it's it's paper and content is printed onto that paper that we can then consume and hopefully take some value from. A fairly simple concept. Now, if we move on to ebooks, you'd probably be forgiven for thinking that if we remove the issue of paper, because it's an ebook, if we remove the concept of ink, because it's an ebook, we should have, we should have an even simpler context to get our head round. Essentially, it's words or images on a screen and the only thing that really changes is the hardware or the, the, the equipment that we're actually viewing that content on. Like I said, you'd be forgiven for thinking that ebooks are a whole together simpler solution than a book. But in my admittedly limited experience, that's not the case. Just reading up ahead of this podcast, I've come up with acronyms and phrases such as Mobi, EPUB, DRM, PDF, ebooks, iBooks. And to help me, and obviously you, dear listener, wade through this over the next couple of podcasts I've got planned, Zach Mensah has very kindly agreed to join us for a couple of podcasts. Hello, Zach. Hi. Good afternoon, Craig. Hello, mate. Um, so I know that you've got some uh, significant experience compared to me, and I'm sure many of our listeners, in terms of this, this whole sort of market and where things are and where things are going. I know you've blogged about it recently. You spoke at We Learning, and I put a link to that in the show notes. Um, over the past month or so. So I'm really hoping that you can, can help me out personally, if I'm being really selfish, and I'm sure many people listening to this, just to help us get our heads around ebooks, where things are, where things are going, how people can perhaps start on that journey. And I thought perhaps a good starting point would be to strip away the E from ebooks and just look at books and consider what is a book. So if you could give us uh, the benefit of your thoughts on this, I'm sure we'd all appreciate it. Yeah, uh, well, the first thing I think to say is there isn't really any one definition of um, an ebook uh, other than the fact it's digital. And that's for probably the same reason um, that uh, normal traditional print books are, are thought of in the same way. So, for example, would you say that the Yellow Pages was a book because it's got a cover and it's full of pages? Or would you say that the current bestseller is a book? You know, the idea of what a book is when you start to look into it suddenly gets quite muddy because you could say well it's anything with a cover and a bit of contents um someone called kevin kelly for example says that uh, a book is something that takes about an hour to read and uh, then um when i mentioned that to someone last week they said well all my children's books are shorter than that so immediately you know that kind of analogy doesn't necessarily yeah. work um so if you look at uh, what a book is, though, we would generally say that it's about transmitting ideas. 
So since um, books began, the reason why books have been took off in the print world uh, since clay tablets even, so since um, 2000 BC, the idea of a book was to put a collection of things together that you didn't have to then use orally. So it, it made sense that you would put thing, write things down so that other people could see them who you weren't necessarily with. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, when it comes to ebooks, then suddenly, you know, if I collect 10 blog posts and put them into an ebook, is that a book? Because it hasn't been necessarily professionally edited. It doesn't have an ISBN number. Um, and it, it gets quite confusing very, very quickly. So I think the safest really thing to say is an, an ebook can kind of be whatever you uh, want it to be, much like the same vein how a printed book would be that. And I believe that a, a printed physical book is just a surface. You were mentioning just now about the idea that um, a, a book can be uh, an ebook or a print book because it's about the contents, which is normally text. Yeah. So actually, the, the fact that we used to use clay tablets then we moved to different types of um, parchment. Then we moved on to pulp. You know, now we're moving on to digital devices. As okay. far as I'm concerned, I don't really distinguish or see any problem with that. Whereas I know some people um, would argue that a book can only be a book if it's in print. Okay, that's interesting. So I, well, you said a few minutes ago where, where things get complicated. I guess what's, what's getting it complicated, what's making it complicated isn't anything to do with the book or the ebook or the material or the content or the delivery method. It's our, it's our internal definition as to how we've perhaps been conditioned to regard a book that's actually complicating things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if we look specifically at education, for example, it, you know, when you start to think of books, immediately you think of textbooks. Then you may think of um, supplements material yeah and there's promotional stuff you know there are you get uh, university and colleges for example have prospectuses that are ma massive books you get course handbooks workbooks reading lists monographs journals you know straight away there are probably at least 10 different types of book that we use in education let alone thinking how we then break that into different types of non-fiction books etc um and so that's why I, you can immediately see where people get a little bit confused about what is and what isn't a book. Okay, so yeah, and I think that, that, that brief list, I'm sure that you've just quoted off the top of your head there, could be expanded upon if we both had the time to think about the other things that would be considered a book. So books are, you know, th th there are often, you know, th there are lots and lots of types of, and definitions depending on how we want to define a book. It, lots of things could fall into that category. Is the same true as to a digital publication or an ebook? Yeah, well, yes, uh, in the sense that we can make different types of ebook. Um, and where I think we're going to, the emerging sort of uh, trend of books, particularly with things like self publishing, which I know we'll talk about either in this podcast or in a future podcast, is suddenly we have much wider access to materials that we could put into a book. So, like I was mentioning before, I could take my latest. 50 blog posts and turn that into a mini ebook and the fact that it's digital enables me to do that for free whereas if i had to spend time and effort and money to invest in print run i might suddenly think oh well actually maybe my material is not not of enough value to do such a thing okay so we've we've, we've spoken about the the book we've spoken about ebooks is there a the one thing that's sort of running through my mind is do you think there is a perception that the 
because e-books are relatively, when you compare it to a traditional book format, relatively new, do you think there's any perception from people that because people can self-publish, because pretty much anybody, and I'm including me in that, as we were speaking about before we started recording, can publish content, do you think that that, that free-for-all, that, that ability for anybody to publish content, is there a perception that undermines the quality and therefore the the um, the implementation of ebooks because anybody can do it? Um, possibly, but then you could look at um, music. You know, you could look at any any number of different fields, and there's lots of people you know doing it for hobbies, their own personal reasons, um, and very few uh, of those things float to the top. I still believe that the best stuff will float will float. So, for example. There are more and more people whose ideas and thoughts are floating to the service because they've got great ideas. You still have to have a really, really good idea um, and execution for it to be popular. Uh, and so I think we'll just see the same thing with ebooks. To be, to be honest, we'll see lots and lots and lots of dross. Um, <laughs> you know, all the good stuff though will will um, will bubble up to the top. Yeah, yeah. And, and let's be honest, I've paid for enough books, enough music. I've been to see enough professionally made films that were bloody awful. Without you know, without saying that just because I'm just because something has been done through the official, conventional, ratified, peer-reviewed route, that it that it has to be good because there's obviously lots of examples where that's not the case. Yeah, exactly. And also, much if you look at the business models of most of these things, including, you know, including books, I'm sure that many of them rely on one or two big blockbusters that cover the cost of all the things that don't make any money. Yeah. So. Um, and again, that will just happen um, with uh, digital books as well. Uh, and what I do think is interesting, though, um, in this whole talk about books is actually what is the digital part of it going to bring to the table? Um, and I think that's the most fascinating part, not necessarily the fact that we can take text and stick it into um, various formats, that which is can be useful for things like mobility and ease of access, etc. But I'm more... Uh, excited about the potential of what we can do with books and this whole disruption to the um, industry that is what I, I think is particularly um, fascinating okay I see what you mean there about the in terms of you know yes an ebook could just be text that's being placed into a digital format and you might say well does that add any value over a, a paper-based book if there's no interactivity with it if there's no rich media if it's purely text and images except in a different delivery format but of course when you start to think about how many books you can then place onto just a standard kindle or onto an ipad or even onto your phone and the size and portability that that brings it of course brings advantages with that but i'm guessing you're talking more about thinking beyond just the text and just the images and actually the extra features that doing things digitally can bring us over paper-based delivery is that right yeah um and so so it's the stuff that's uniquely digital that is the most interesting so for example we could both read the same uh, text in print or online which is fair enough but suddenly with digital there are things like for example with amazon the ability for you to make highlights yes and yeah share those highlights with people um, and, and 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 various other features, and those are the things that I think make the the most kind of uh, you know they're things you can't do with print. I can't share my notes or that I write in the margins of a print book with thousands of people potentially, whereas with digital I can do that. And suddenly you can begin to imagine that if you've got the whole teacher student scenario, 
suddenly there could be all sorts of activities that can be um, brought about by the fact that you're able to do this. And there's that stuff that you can't do uh, with print. I think that's a really interesting response you've given there, Zach, because what, I mean, I mean it wasn't a loaded question. And I, it wasn't a question I wanted to go in a certain direction with. But I guess I'd made an assumption that what you're going to respond back to was the actual media that you could put into the ebook. So the fact that you can add 3D models, videos, audio, interactivity. But I think what's quite revealing, both from, from my perspective and hopefully for the listeners, was that that, wasn't, that might have been the obvious thing. But actually, you kept it even even simpler than that, but something that is is just as powerful as that, and that's the ability to be able to share notes from your Kindle with everybody via Amazon. So again, just just on a personal perspective, listening to this, my default had been to think about about you know the, the end solution, the, the higher end solution, the higher end interactivity, the more complicated stuff perhaps. Yeah. But actually, there's there's some very very simple functionality that eBooks and, and that eBook format and eBook readers provide to us that can still add significant benefit to to whoever's reading it, whoever's facilitating that reading beyond you know the, the obvious ones as multimedia. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that everybody, the first thing you think about of eBooks is how do I stick audio into it? How do I stick video into it? Um, but then you very, very quickly run up against the problem like you do with using uh, any multimedia is it has to have a purpose. If yeah. I'm reading, listen, if you take a traditional, um, a traditional nonfiction book that has a start, a middle and an end, if that book was made as a print book, it was made to be read, it's very difficult suddenly for you to add multimedia you know, if, if the book's describing a beautiful sunny day, which obviously isn't the UK in 2012, yeah. um, then suddenly, you know, is the reader interested in having a video of that? What what does that video add to it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and in addition to that, multimedia, although it's easy to do, uh, relatively easy to do, it's still quite difficult to do very well. It still requires people who know about storytelling, uh, storytelling and narrative, etc. So I am interested in the multimedia of books, but I don't necessarily see that being the kind of stuff that actually will help us see uh, digital books move forward. No, perhaps it's it's more of an end state. Perhaps as uh, once we've we've you know been the royal we, once we've moved forward and actually these these are more commonplace and people are using them on a at an individual level rather than a you, you know buying ebooks in people actually start to create their own perhaps once there's that stable platform or a more stable platform then that the stuff that's perhaps a little bit more out of people's reach at the moment might start to become more mainstream but i see what you mean i mean i'm as we spoke about just before we started recording i'm considering um writing an, an ibook and i've already got the narrative for that because i'm actually repurposing another format that i delivered and, and tweaking it slightly but actually even just creating the, the media to go in there yes it's simple to do and um, it's not simple to do at a professional level which is why obviously the book's going to be offered for free um, and it's still time consuming you know it still takes time to think it through think about the storyboard the narrative record it edit it publish it instead it still takes time and obviously if you're doing a fair amount of that then it all adds to, to, to the time and an intent you know it's to a, a, a non-tangible cost as well if you're doing it off your own back yeah uh, and also you have to think about you know what 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 devices will people be using to um to look at this stuff which just like anything else can be quite complicated so 
you know, there's always this assumption that people are using ebook readers, so things like the Kindle. So the Kindle's the most popular device um, in the world, for example. But a recent University of Bristol student survey, for example, showed that only 11% of students had ever used one. I saw you tweet that the other day, actually. I, yeah. So immediately you kind of go, well, if only 11% of them are using uh, dedicated ebook readers, maybe ebook readers aren't the only thing that you can look at uh, ebooks on. It's actually much more likely, of course, that people are using um, laptops or desktop machines and tablets. So that's why, for example, Amazon released the Kindle app. So I don't know about you, but my the last couple of things I've read from um, Amazon have actually been on the app. On, I've read on my iPhone, not on a dedicated Kindle. Ditto. I've actually given the Kindle to uh, to Mrs. T. She's uh, she's making her way through Mr. Gray's Fifty Shades of Grey at the moment. Yeah. Um, so perfectly suitable for um, for ebook reader, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very very covert. Um, but you're right. Everything I read now, everything that I've read in perhaps the past 12 months from Kindle has been read primarily on my iPad. And then when that's not been available, uh, it's been on my iPhone. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm I'm making the best of Amazon's offering. and I'm using their app, but I'm not actually using probably their proprietary platform of delivery, which is the um, which is the Kindle. Yeah. But, but that's what it's all about. Though, is you know, for, for, particularly for commercial sector. The money is in delivering the content, not in the device. So, uh, you know, it's a slight aside, but I, I'm sure that Amazon are, aren't making lots of money from their Kindles and they're not probably interested in that, actually. Once everyone's into the Amazon book uh, ecosystem, yeah. however, that's where the money is. Um, yeah. And so that's where you'll probably continue to see that grow. And, and, you know, and that makes um, obvious, uh, obvious sense. But if you look outside of the um, Kindles, if we look at more traditional... Uh, universities for example who are using various um, publishers at the moment actually the current landscape is that ebooks are delivered um, in really really horrible um, ways mainly using pdf and so the user experience um, of ebooks at the moment is so dreadful that i do worry if ebooks will ever take off not because of the fact that ebooks themselves are interesting but just everything about trying to use one um on a uh, main platform is so terrible. Well, you know, I think we're. St- I mean, I I started the ball rolling right at the beginning of this, but I feel that we're starting to stray into quite rightly and quite understandably different types of formats and what works in some areas and what perhaps doesn't work in others. And I, and I definitely want to concentrate on that in the second podcast that we're that we're going to do. And um, if i not, if people that are listening to this hadn't picked up on that earlier, Zach's actually agreed very kindly. To do a series of these because we both felt that there was that there was enough conversation and enough content to go at to actually justify chunking this up into some smaller digestible pieces. So we're definitely going to look at formats and, and you know where, what perhaps the future holds for these formats before we go on. But at, at this moment in time, just to sort of round off this podcast, then is there is there anybody that's edging ahead at the moment? Is there any format that? That is kind of fitting as many bills as it possibly can. So it's it's rich, it's interactive, and it's easily delivered to um, iOS, Android, laptop, desktop, tablets. Is there anybody out there at the moment that's that's nudging ahead? That sorry, let me rephrase that. That the end user could actually use that. People like you or I could actually publish to, as opposed to it's a professional tool. Yeah, um, well, the, the main platform that a lot of people are publishing, I think I saw uh, Red Statistic 
um, recently about 95% of books are being sold through Amazon self-publishing service. So Amazon are allowing people to um, self-publish and they're using a slightly different uh, version of, the, of their main platform. Um, and the only way to cover the main devices is actually is to produce at least three different formats, which we'll talk about in future episodes. Um, but there's no one way to rule everything at the moment. Okay, okay. So uh, Amazon self-publishing is where it's at at the moment, but that's obviously not to say that that's where it is going to be in six months' time or in a year's time or anything like that. And that's assuming you want to sell it, of course. If you want to give it away like you are mentioning about yours, you could, of course, just put it anywhere um, in the various formats that you know would would cover the most uh, devices, would would make the most uh, sense. Yeah, yeah. And and just, you know, I I know we're we're referring to something that the listeners won't have been privy to, but I'll very briefly mention that I... I've, uh, I'm playing around with iBooks Author at the moment, and I'm putting together um, a very, well, what, what I hope will be useful to some, um, if I'm brutally honest, it's more of an experiment for me to actually have a play around with a real project to get my head around iBooks, but I, I hope that it will be a benefit to anybody that receives that, and I'm acutely aware that actually that's going to be delivered through a very specific medium to very specific devices with people within a, a very specific ecosystem. So whilst we're talking here about the, the value of offering it to, to multi-platforms and offering it in as many different ways and shapes and forms as you can, I'm conscious that whilst the left hand is saying that, the right hand's actually busy typing away something that can only be delivered uh, as an iBook. Yeah, but but like you say, if, if it's going to be a collection of things like blog posts, for example, what a lot of people are doing is they're making it all available for free as a, you know as individual blog posts, say per chapter. So that helps cover a lot of people. Then they're producing it in, for example, you know, a PDF for yeah. other people. And then, like you say, you, sometimes you're being very specific and you're saying, right, I'm trying to target the iPad. And then you, of course, produce um, a version for that as well. Yeah, I think I've gone the other way around, but actually you've given me a little idea there for some future blog posts being the ability to deliver the chapters through my blog, so hitting you know, pretty much everybody in one way, shape or form, and then offering something through a specific platform. So a little bit of reverse engineering, really, and going the other way about things, but still a way of being able to get the content out there um, to as many platforms as possible. And that's also, of course, um, another interesting thing we're seeing with ebooks is that people are able to just put stuff online, get feedback, hone it and improve it. Yes, so yeah. You're, you know, if, if you were to release your chapter one, for example, you could get some nice feedback that may help to um, help you deliver a better version of it. And so these are the kinds of things, again, that make me um, really uh, excited about being in this uh, space. I think that's something that um, Doug Belshaw has done previously and is doing at the moment, hasn't he? He's doing it with um, his productivity book, Up In Your Game, and also uh, his digital literacies book he's writing at the moment. Yeah, he, I think he released it, didn't he? Um, I think, for example, if you, if you were an early bird um, subscriber, you got it for a pound. That's right, yeah. Uh, you know, and then each, I think it's about every six weeks or so, he releases a new chapter. Yeah. Um, and that, that, again, is a really interesting way um, to look at the whole process of producing a book now. Where, where, whereas before, you would spend a long time making a book and just release it. Now, everyone's taking advantage of other digital tools to help them produce a digital book. Well, Zach, I think I, mean, I certainly give. I mean, just on a once again on a personal level, it's given me a few things to think about. It's specifically with the pro, the little internal project I'm doing at the moment with iBooks. So that's been very, very useful. Thank you for for challenging my thinking and 
and, and helping me out with that. Uh, I hope that other people have, have received um, you know some ideas from this, and it certainly I think has helped to sort of set the context about where we can take this conversation in our next couple of podcasts. What do you think? Yeah, that'd be fantastic, and, and I'd really um, like it if people who listen to this would like to uh, you know ask questions, etc. They can of course contact myself and Craig because I'm sure we'd be really interested to get people's feedback ahead of the future um, episodes as well. Yeah, we, we could almost live what we're actually practicing here, right? But yes, it's good. yes, it's in audio and not not text based. But actually, you know, ask people for their feedback and incorporate that into the next blog post if they've got any questions or feedback. Definitely. Cool, Zach. Thanks ever so much for sparing the time this afternoon. Um, we'll stay online a little bit after this and obviously chat about when we can do the next podcast. But thanks very much for joining us, Zach. Thank you very much.